just pray together, Lord, we thank you that this world is not our home, that we are sojourners, we are exiles, we are those who are passing through to a place that you have prepared for those you have saved by grace. So may we today be mindful of the reality in which we live. May we be encouraged by what is to come. And may we be found faithful as we as we make this journey, as we take these steps forward, that we would do so together because we're better together and fulfill your purpose while we're here. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. We are in the series. We're talking about the fact that life is better together. When God created all things, he looked at man and he said, the one thing that's not good is that man would be alone. God is communal. He's three in one. And he made us in his image, and so he's made us communal. He's made us to be in community with, with other people. And as God's children, he saved us to be a part of his family. And as a family, we got to stick together. And we're better together when we come under his grace and live out his love in, in real-life relationships. Now, to do that, we have to go from me to we, from me by myself to we with, with Christ and we as Christ's family. And as we do that, what we'll discover is that God has us on a journey, that we are going somewhere together. See, God doesn't work in the world. He's on the move. And as his children, he's calling us to journey with him. And to do that, we have to understand who we are, why this is happening, and what God expects us to do in the process. And that's what we're going to discover in our text today. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me right now to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 11, and Kylie Mosby is going to read for us. So Kylie, come on up as she does. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, we're in 1 Peter chapter 2 this month, and uh, today we find ourselves in verse 11. So, Kylie, if you would read that for us. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kylie. She's ready to go. And she go ahead and, and uh, grab a seat. She understands we've got to get this sermon done quick today. We, uh, we, uh, we went a little long in the last one. We, we've got our marching orders. The only thing you have to understand, God has always called his people to be on the move. Back in the Garden of Eden, when God made that very uh, distinct geographical location, it was meant to expand. God told Adam, look, I want you to work this and I want you to grow it so that the whole earth will be covered with the glory of God and have access to a relationship with this glorious maker. He didn't fulfill that. Instead, he chose to, to pursue his own way. He went from we to me and broke that relationship and created the problem that we're in today, which is the fall. But God did not abandon us. Instead, he called out Abraham and said, Abraham, you are to leave your people. You're to go on a journey to the promised land. He said to, eat, to the Israelites in Egypt, you must leave the bondage of this land and you must go to the promised land. And he says to us today, we are sojourners. We are, we are exiles. We are on our way to what God has for us eternally. But in the process, we have to be on the move. He told the early church, do not stay in Jerusalem. You are to go to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth in Acts 1.8. And so he says to us today, church, you are on a journey. Listen, we will rarely be comfortable on this journey, but we will always be comforted. Our God will never abandon us. He's always with us. We will rarely feel powerful, but we will always be strong. We will always feel the strength of God as we come to him humbly 
our weakness. This is the will of God. This is the plan of God that we would live by faith in Christ and trust in what God is doing in the world. And rather than say, hey, God, we've got it all figured out. Once you get in on our plan, our plan that is often temporal, that is that is often transient, rarely has any eternal significance. Instead, God says, no, 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 I'm the leader. You follow me. And this is what God has always done. He's always led his children. You think about the Old Testament when God was leading the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt into the promised land. He led them by a pillar of cloud and fire by night. Cloud by day, fire by night. God was present with his people, guiding them where he wanted them to go. And so it is today. So we who are here, who are a part of this family of faith, God is leading us. He's calling us forward. He's calling us to go where he is going and to join him in the work that he is doing. Now, to do that, we have to understand some significant things about ourselves. I want to encourage you to, to really think this through with me, uh, understanding that, that we are bedded together, but we are exiles. But we're exiles headed home. Look what it says in verse 11. As sojourners and exiles, what are sojourners? They are people who are passing through. What are exiles? They are unwanted neighbors. And that's what Israel was when, when God called them out of Egypt, that bondage, into the promised land. They were sojourners. They were on passageway. They were on journey. But they were also there. They were present and often unwanted. And so it is for the church today. We are passing through. This world is not our home. Praise God. Amen? Our home is in heaven. God's going to make all things new one day, but until that time, we must journey there, but we are also to be neighbors, often unwanted, which will lead to persecution, it will lead to our discomfort, but again, we, we don't focus on that. What do we focus on? We focus on what God's called us to. We understand this with the three circles, that God's designed that we be right with Him, but because of sin, there's been brokenness, but we know God has saved us for what purpose? So that we can recover and pursue God's design. Listen, friends, we can't get all caught up in what culture says we are and, and what we ought to be. We, we got too, we got bigger fish to fry. we got bigger things to do. We've got God's design to pursue. And so we can't get hung up on all the, the, the half-truths that are hanging around in our culture today. No, 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 we've got to have our eyes up. We've got to see the truth and we've got to pursue God's design together. And as we do that, here's what's going to happen. We're going to come in contact with the brokenness of this world because of sin. And our invitation to all that we know is to believe this gospel. Now, to do it, they've got to repent. They've got to go from me to we, just as we did. They have to go from the place that says, you know what, I'm in control. I'm in authority. I, my desires are what rule my life to. God's desires rule my life. I've been forgiven by grace. I'm going to give up on depending on me. I'm going to depend on God's love and the gospel. And I'm going to pursue and recover God's design. So as we journey through, friends... We, we have to understand it is our responsibility not just to make it, but to make an impact as we make it. As we go forward under the leadership of God, there's many things we have to do. And so take notice what our text tells us. As exiles headed home, we together must be, first of all, urgent in our approach. He says there, Beloved, I urge you. Friends, this is serious. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about forever. We're talking about people's souls. We're talking about our own. We're talking about our lives. And we have to understand that this journey is not easy. 
over a year ago, I was on my way out west to go and preach, and, and I had to go through Chicago. And uh, I was delayed in Nashville because of rain, and so we were already late. And, and then we landed in Chicago, and then we were stuck on the tarmac for an hour. An hour. I mean, even a man of God begins to lose his patience after an hour, you know, on the tarmac. And then we, we finally get off the plane, and it was it was just so, my foot was hurt, I was, in, I was limping, and I'm trying to get to the next gate, but it was, it was amazing, these, these little supernatural things, these divine interventions of God that allowed me to see a sign, to run into someone, and to, and to make my way, and it's funny, I can remember going down the, 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 the last little uh, area there, and, and this, this lady was yelling, are you Michael, are you Michael? I'm just thinking, I'm not Michael. Who's Michael? And I remember, oh yeah, my first name's Michael. <laughs> my parents did not understand the system. Moms and dads, first name, what we go by, second name, middle name. No one knows it, all right? I forgot, I'm Michael Jason Pettis. And so it's like, no, I'm, yes, I'm him. And so it was this divine intervention. They got me on there. They got me where I was supposed to go. And so it is in the life of faith, friends. We, we run into obstacles. We have to change. We have to do things we wouldn't necessarily want to do. Sometimes we're injured. Sometimes we got to play hurt. Sometimes we got to keep going forward even when we don't want to. And here's what we find. God is there at every turn. Calling our name. Calling us forward. Telling us that, that He's there. And, and, and there's got to be an urgency. Now listen, it's not panic. It's urgency. We've got somewhere to go. We've got somewhere to be, and God is with us, and so we're moving forward. Some of you, you're stalled out, and you're wondering, where does God want me to go? Please remember this. God doesn't turn a ship that is still. You've got to be going forward for God to turn you. Some of you are sitting still. You're sitting in your faith. You're sitting in the church. You're sitting. God's calling us to go, and we need to be urgent about it. Understand the urgency. Second thing, as exiles headed home, we together must be exiles. Uh, that, that understand that we got to be obstinate in our call. That means that we are not willing to settle. We're not willing to back down. Look what it says: abstain from the passions of the flesh. Please understand the goal is to be like Jesus. Listen, if you're doing a bunch of good things but you're not doing it like Jesus, then you failed. The goal is not to get us to be active simply active, the goal is to make us like God, to be holy like His Son, Jesus. So if your life is not becoming more and more like Jesus, you're missing the point. Regardless of how much activity you may be doing, regardless of how you're plugged in and playing a role, if you're not becoming more and more like Jesus, you've missed it. You know, I love athletics. You know I do. And you, I love the way it, it develops character, and I love the way it, it provides, especially for young people, the opportunity to persevere and suffer and learn to deal with success and, and failure. And, and that's all part of it. It's, it's, to, it's, to, it's to enable a young person to, to gain character. But, but sometimes we, we lose sight of that, don't we? We lose sight of the fact that, you know what, at the end of the day, it's about having fun. But have you ever been to a game where a parent has forgot that it's about fun, right? And all of a sudden, there's security called in for the umpires and referees, right? And all of a sudden, you find your spouse elbowing you in the ribs, and your 
family walking away from where you're sitting, right? What happened there? Well, it's easy to lose sight of the goal. You know, it's easy to get crazy weird. Christians, it's easy to get crazy weird. And you know when we're crazy weird is when we lose sight of the fact that God has called us to be like Jesus. It's so easy to start thinking that our life is about a political party, a raise at work, about our place in the community, about what people think about us. That's when we get weird, y'all. That's when we get crazy. You know when, when we are when we're right where we're supposed to be? When we're engaged in good things like politics, when we're engaged in good things like work, when we're engaged in good things as social and, and, and community impact, but we do it all for the glory of God that we might become more like Christ. Friends, anything that gets in the way of your relationship with Jesus is dangerous, even a good thing. The goal is that we be like Jesus, and we must be obstinate. We must not allow the flesh to have any place in our life. We must hear our call, and our call is to be like Christ, to be with Him, like Him, because we're better together when we're with Him and when we're with one another in Christ. And so the third thing we have to understand is exiles headed home. We together must be dedicated in our battle, and it is a battle. It's a battle for the soul, which wage war against your soul. Make no mistake about it, it's a spiritual battle. And the conflict is over the souls of men, women, and children. Your soul and mine. And it matters. It matters to God, but it also matters to the enemy. The enemy wants you to experience his reality and his future. God wants you to experience his reality and his future. And we have to choose. We have to choose the direction and trajectory of our life, and we will live by faith one way or the other. The question is, what faith will we live in? And understand, in the middle of it, choosing Christ means choosing war, means choosing a battle. And when you're in the midst of the battle, you got to understand what's going on. So today I want to give you a clue in to what's going on here at Living Hope. Again, some of you, this may not be your church family, but, but maybe God's calling you to be a part of this once you understand what's going on here. I know those of you who are members, you need to understand what's going on and what's going to be expected of us going forward. Now, when you're in the midst of the battle, there's three things you got to know. And here are the questions I want to answer for you this morning. The first one is this, where are we? The second one is, where are we going? And the third one is, how are we going to get there? So first of all, where are we? Well, right now we're in the midst of a conflict and we have lost a number of our members. We've had a number of people over the last several years who have lost their way. And it may be because of sin, it may be because of laziness, it may be because they got their feelings hurt. But there are people that were once sitting in the very seats some of you are sitting in now that are no longer sitting in the midst of a congregation pursuing Christ. And we got to go get them. we got to go and pursue them and love them and lead them back to the narrow way so that they can anchor their life and hope in Jesus not, not only are our siblings in trouble, but our city's in trouble. This morning, over 80% of our city will not be worshiping Jesus, which tells me that over 80% of our people do not love Jesus and will not be spending an eternity with Jesus, which means that they are in danger of hell and they are being held captive by the enemy. And it is our job as the light to pursue that and, 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 and penetrate that darkness and let them know the love of God. More than that, we, we have to understand that, that there, there is um, 
in our midst right now, some of you are beginning to waver. It's not that you stop coming, it's that you're coming less. And let me tell you where this goes. It leads to the back door and it leads to another place. Away from God and away from being together. And we're better together. And I want, to, I want you to understand, some of you who are not taking this seriously, your own spiritual life and your commitment to the church and what Christ is doing in the world through this body of believers, you will soon be wavering. And you got to wake up. We are also in the midst of a congregation of highly committed people. Some of you sitting here today are some of the most highly committed Christians I've ever met in my life. You are the 20% that are doing the 80%. You are the ones who serve. You're the ones who sacrifice. You're the ones who give financially. You're the ones who make this church able to go forward. And I'm going to tell you, if this is your church family, the 2080 principle should never apply to us. See, we're a family, and every child has its chores. And if you're not doing yours, if you're not doing your part in serving and giving and sharing, someone else is having to carry your, your heavy end. And, and that's why we're not being as effective as we need to be because it's going to require all of us. So, so that's where we are. So where do we want to be? Plain and simple. We want every member of Living Hope to be faithfully walking with Christ in the fellowship of the believers. We want every single person who claims Christ in Living Hope to be a faithful member of this family of faith. That means whenever we have supper, which is what worship is, this is the meal that we gather around to celebrate Jesus. Everybody's got to be here. And if, if you're, they're not here, we got to go looking for them. If we have dinner and, and my kids don't show up, there's a reason. And there's a call. And there's a concern. Friends, we've got to be that connected. We've also got to go out and we've got to reach 1% of the city. I told you 80% of our city doesn't know Jesus. we got to reach 1%. Why 1%? I don't know. It just seems practical. You know, as I think about a football field, you think we're on the 80-yard line, maybe we're on the 15-yard line, maybe the 14-yard line by some statistics. I'm talking about moving the ball one yard. I'm talking about 1%. That's what we as a congregation, we got to do our part in the kingdom of heaven, in this city, and we got to move that ball 1%. And we got to see 3,200 people by December of 2019 walking as disciples, making disciples here in this family of faith. That's the vision to be a, a, a city on a hill, a family of disciples, making disciples, reclaiming those that have gone wayward, seeking out and, 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 and bringing in those who have been lost to anchor their life and hope in Jesus, and all of us walking together down this disciples' pathway. Well, how will we get there? Right now, I'm going to ask the ushers, if you will, to go and get uh, these cards and pass these out. While they're passing these out, I want you to pay attention because, again, we ain't got time to, to, to waste today. So I'm going to keep talking while this is going on. We're going to be driven by two verses. The first one is Jeremiah 29.7. It says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. We are going to have to impact our city in practical, loving ways to introduce people to the love of God in Christ Jesus. And the way we'll do that is we will be laborers. The second verse that will drive us is on the other side, Luke 10, 2. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. These are the two verses that are going to guide us. Hold that because I'm asking you to do something that with just a moment. So we've got to multiply our personal faith. We've got to live hopeful and be helpful, invest in people. And then we've got to 
We've got to lead them to anchor their life in hope in Jesus by inviting them to know Christ and be a part of our family. Secondly, we've got to multiply our congregation. And this is the first big announcement that I want to make to you of three today. Two years ago, we planted a church, Redeemer Church, and this summer they were, they were due to become an autonomous congregation. Over the last two years, God has used them to, to impact lives. But here's what's happened. It's happened many times. is they've hit the lid. Rather than being able to continue to live out their mission, which is to impact northeast side of town where East High School is, they've, they've gotten stuck because they're having to train leaders. They're having to train uh, deacons and teachers. And, and that's taking the time of their leadership to try to build infrastructure. And so this past summer, they determined that they... They no longer want to be an autonomous church. They want to basically, instead of being our cousins, they want to be our siblings. And what they want to do is stay under our leadership and basically be driven by our vision and be trained by us to fulfill their leadership responsibilities. So instead of them going out and pursuing their own way, they're going to join us in what we're doing. We've already begun to train their leaders. We've already begun to, to, to share with them our vision. Justin Pate will be the campus pastor there. He's been the pastor there. He's preaching the very sermon I'm preaching to you today. Just as Pastor David will be preaching in the venue there in the chapel, all of our sermons will be the same. Our vision will be the same. Our structure will be the same. Our, our materials will be the same. What we do in children's ministry, student ministry, that way they don't have to recreate the will. They'll basically, we'll be doing the same thing together and free them up to pursue reaching that area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do that away from campus, but here at campus, we're going to develop more venues. We call a venue something that's on the central campus, a worship place. As you know, we have the chapel. As you may have heard, we have six language groups that are currently meeting on our campus. We're going to leverage those, and we're going to figure out how we can help them be most uh, effective in making disciples. And then there's huge needs in our city, and we're going to have to leverage the strength of your leadership and your capacity to serve these needs in our congregation. And it's going to be a huge job. And Pastor Benny has been doing this job, and he's going to continue to do this job more and more. And I'm going to ask him to come and share the vision with us today of, of where it is we're going and, and how it is uh, we're going to get there. So, Pastor Benny, share the vision for this multiplication uh, that, that God is calling us to. Good morning, church family. I think it's no secret to any of us that there's deep and great lostness in our city and in our county. 86% this morning won't be worshiping in service at all. 86% of our friends and family members, our neighbors, won't be in, in a service today. And God has given our pastor the vision of reaching 1% of our lost population by the end of 2019. How will we reach them? Well, as our pastor said, we're in a battle. We're in a, a great battle here in, in our community. And often in a battle, military strategy is to launch an air assault and then come behind with troops on the ground. Well, the troops on the ground part is what I'm going to lead in our church to help make disciples who will make disciples. The foundation of our battle plan will be prayer and evangelism, which will be the tool of the three circles. We're going to join with caring agencies of our city to partner to care for people in Jesus' name to make disciples who make disciples. We're going to find additional ways to reach uh, the refugees in our city with the gospel, creating venues and campuses to 
make disciples, who will make disciples. As our pastor said, we're going to leverage this opportunity of our national, our international groups who meet here on our campus currently to help them find ways to reach their counterparts in our city to make disciples who will make disciples. We're going to strive to launch campuses throughout Warren County who like the Redeemer campus we're launching in April will be in a sibling relationship with Living Hope for the purpose of making disciples who make disciples in neighborhoods and communities. We're going to start more venues similar to our chapel venue to create smaller meeting places on our campus, making it easier to invite new disciples. So the battle is real, and the task is great. Will you join your brothers and sisters of Living Hope family and me to make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's reach that one percent to the glory of God. Amen. Thank you. This is the second big announcement. Pastor Biddy has been doing this and he's going to do this more and more and it's going to become his full-time focus, uh, which means we're going to need a worship leader for this worship center. We have a worship leader at the chapel. There's a worship leader at the campus. There'll be worship leaders in these different venues. And, and Biddy will be providing leadership to those pastors. who will be working with those worship pastors. But we're going to be looking for one to, to come and lead in this room. So we have a search team. Search team, if you guys would come, I'm going to tell their names. Anthony DePriest, Mike Hubbard, Don Brown, Shauna Ferris, Peggy Duncan, and Tara Hornell. They will be responsible for the search. Now, in the midst of this, we also have a transition team. So transition team, if you guys would mind coming, Keith Brown, Gary Allen, Deborah Varner, Giovanna Stevenson, Charles Meredith, and Judy Lee. This team will be going uh, and praying and pursuing uh, the next person that will be leading us in worship in this room. This team will be transitioning our worship ministry that is currently under Benny's leadership and shepherding through this process. We met with that ministry last Sunday night and we began to pray about the direction that we're going and how we're going to get there. If you have questions, these are the folks that, that I want you to be sure in contact. That they're going to know the answers. They're going to know the step-by-step of what we're doing. We're going to be meeting again tomorrow night to get ourselves more organized and ready to pursue this. And so I want to commission them today. So if you would, reach out with me and let's commission these. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Pastor Benny for this vision he's had given us. And we thank you for the steps he's provided to, to line out how we get there. I pray for the search team that, God, they will, they will find success, that they will find your person to lead us. And for this transition team, God, that they will shepherd this ministry and that we will see excitement. And when there's questions, when there's doubts, when there's concerns, that, Lord God, there will be peace as we, as we pursue this together. Do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, dear friends. If you guys would go ahead and be seated. The, the third big announcement has to do with uh, how we want to continue to impact our city. And... Um, as you know, our counseling center has impacted hundreds of lives. A year ago, um, I was in Washington, D.C. with others for a march for life. Um, one of the things that dawned on me is that there's, there's not a, 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 a place where a, a person who's really hurting as an unwanted pregnancy can really get help, really get help. And so God has placed it on the leadership's heart to provide that place. We are going to provide the Hope Center for pregnancy, and Pastor Bill is going to lead that ministry. So, Pastor Bill, would you come? And those of you who are on the board that will be serving that, yeah, Jason Graham, Joy Denton, Marcy Moorhead, Alan Taylor, 
Bill shared the vision with what we're going to be doing. And Lord, if you guys would come. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. I'm going to pray for you all. Just I hope that you were praying for the Hope Center for Pregnancy and clapping for the Hope Center for Pregnancy, not me, because that's not who I am. Okay? We're so excited. It's been over a year that we began this and a vision from Pastor Jason to, to have this in our community. And so we're excited that as we've looked at this uh, past year about what God has provided for us here, uh, to the trustees, to the personnel committee, to the elders, and to this group of lay people who are now our board, we've decided that it's time to establish that center here. Today, by not by coincidence, is the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Forty-four years ago to this day, that decision came down. And Henry Wade, who was the defendant in that, uh, was trying to prevent the death of 55-plus million babies now to this date that we know of. So today, Bill Wade gets announced that in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and region, we're going to have a solution to that, a biblical solution through Jesus Christ, that a young lady, a lady that has a pregnancy, that she doesn't know what to do, doesn't know where to go, we're going to love her in Jesus Christ, and we're going to love that baby. Our motto is going to be, save the woman, save the baby. We're not about saving babies, we're just about saving women, because if there's a spiritual and emotional and physical hurt there, we want to minister to that woman, and we want to love that woman, Jesus Christ. Here's where you come in. We need your prayers. We have a, a, a plan in place already. We need a director. We need a facility. We need sonogram materials, uh, sonograph, if you have one of those someplace, and uh, sonogram in your in your basement, we, if we need that. Uh, we need, more than anything, we need your prayers and support. Listen to me. This is my heart. This is a messy ministry. These are messy people that we're going to deal with. Their hearts are hurt, their lives are hurt, and it's going to be you and us coming alongside of them as a body of believers, sisters and brothers in Christ to minister. Because our commitment is a two-year commitment to them, to their child, if they go through our, our ministry, to their child that's two years old, we will support them and we will love them and they'll be part of our group. They'll be part of your small groups, they'll be part of your quick uh, classes, they'll be part of the sanctuary, they'll be part of our life here. And so we have to love them if we're going to do this. Or we send a, we send a conflicting message. So be in prayer for our director. If you know someone or if you're interested, please see me, call me, text me, bill.wade, or email me. That, that won't get through as a text. bill.wade at uh, lhbg.org. And I will be happy to talk to you about the director's position, the associate director's position, the administrative position, and then how you can volunteer and what we're going to need for your help. More than anything, folks, more than anything, we need your prayers. And we need to be praying for this board, pray for me, and pray for the person and persons that are going to be involved in this ministry. Hey, guys, commission, guys, reach out with me. Lord God, we ask you to bless Pastor Bill. We pray for this director, for the staff. We pray for the building. We pray for the ministry. We pray for all these women, these these dads. Uh, we pray, God, that you will provide healing and hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, dear friends. Thank you. You're going to be praying for that. You're going to hear more about that in the days ahead. Now, what do we need to do? I told you that there's going to be a challenge for you. also said we weren't going to go late, and I'm sorry we are. So let's do this quick, all right? There's a right way and a wrong way to do something. Let me show you what I'm talking about. You can do the right thing the wrong way. In the janitor's defense, he did put the soap in the soap dispenser, didn't he? There's a right and a wrong way to do this. See, the wrong way for us to do is say, yep, y'all do it. Go, Pastor Bill, go board. Yep, 
there's people that are lost. I hope I hope that people we pay to, to go get lost people go get them. It's not it's not the way God called us to do it. Here's what I want you to do: pull out that card. I want you to understand it's our responsibility to pray for and impact the welfare of our city by being loving and caring, by living hopeful, being helpful. More importantly than that, it's by helping people know Jesus. And so here's what I want you to do. If you got your smartphone, take it out. If you have a watch that has an alarm on it, set it right now. Take your smartphone out, and I want you to set an alarm on your phone at either 10.02 a.m. or 10.02 p.m. or maybe both. And here's what I want you to do. Every day at 10.02, pray Luke 10.2. Pray, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. And then you be the answer to that prayer. Who are you investing in to invite to come to church with you? Who are you praying for that will come to know Jesus Christ? We have some great events coming up. Spiritual Renewal Sunday is February the 5th. Jim Henry, Pastor of First Orlando, will be here on uh, the month of February. Let me tell you what we're doing, guys, starting on the 12th. Last fall, I, I was, my heart was broken. I came in contact with a group of children. Yes, yeah, somebody just tested it. Yes, that's your alarm. Good job. It's 1032, not 1002, 1002. Uh, I, I ran into some children whose parents used to be married. And it broke my heart, the, 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 the divorce that I saw. And friends, I just was compelled. And, and here's what we're going to do in, in February 12th, 19th. We're going to do a marriage series. And husbands and wives, I'm going to tell you, it's better together. Husbands and wives, it's better together. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite every married friend that you have that's not plugged into a church to church with you those three Sundays to hear the hope that we have in the gospel and how God can make a marriage great and how it's better together. And I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Here's, here's what I want you to know. You know, when Israel was, was trying to figure out where they were supposed to go, they couldn't go anywhere until the, the cloud had lifted, right? You know, I've been knowing what we were supposed to do. I just didn't know how to get us there. God's provided the way. Friends, write it down. The cloud is lifted. The cloud is lifted. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reach the city. We're supposed to impact lives. We're supposed to be the difference. And I want to ask you to be it. I want to ask you to join in. You say, what am I supposed to do? Pray. Some of you understand this ministry, it doesn't fund itself. We have to give financially. Some of you are not giving. Start giving something. Some of you are not giving a percentage. Begin to give a percentage. Some of you are not tithing. Start tithing. Some of you are not giving sacrificial. Get beyond. Some of you are not connecting. You're not growing. You're not equipping. Tonight, I'm going to teach an equip class. There's many classes tonight to help you grow and teach you how to share your faith. Fellowship Hall 530. Listen, what's your next step? I, there's more I want to say, but I'm going to finish with this. We got to stand, guys. We got we got to quit sitting around. We got to start standing for what we believe. We say that Jesus is coming back, don't we? We say we believe in heaven and hell, don't we? Are we impacting? God's calling us to impact the eternal lives, the souls of people. We have to stand for Christ to do it. So I want to invite you to come and pray this morning and ask that we do it. Let's stand together as we pray. Lord God, I, I ask that right now that many are making this commitment to say, you know what, Lord, I'll stand with you. 
I'll give financially. I'll give my life to this. I'll serve. I'll grow. I, I want to. I want in God. I want to join you in what you're doing. I, I want to see lives touched by your love and those who are afraid and those who are hurting and broken, healed and, and given hope. God, I pray that as we sing this today, we sing it as a statement of faith. Hear those who need you today, God. I know there's some hearts that are troubled. I know there's some folks that are hurt that need your help, God. Hear them as they ask you to intervene in their lives and the lives of those they love. But hear us now as we commit ourselves to you in this song. In Jesus' name, amen.